I'm Mick Torres. I'm Ashley Argota. And we are Mismo. Today we're talking self-care. It's really tough to take care of yourself as an actor, and we wanted to share some of the ways we do that for ourselves. It can be really tough, and we talked about the specific times when it's the hardest and what we turn to when we need it the most. It's a really tough time right now, and we are sending you guys so much love, and we hope you're taking care of yourselves. Enjoy the episode. There is so much to be said about self-care. I could talk about this all day long, but we got to hone it in on specifically self-care for the actor, right? Self-care for the actor. Oh, boy. I feel like there should be some sound effect here, but I don't have bum, that. Bum, 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 bum. That was um, the Two Tower Battle of Helm's Deep from the soundtrack of Lord the, of the Rings. The bum, bum, bum sounded almost like the ESPN notification. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, we're going that way. Sure. <laughs> That's, bum, 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 bum. That's Sports Center ESPN. That's a form of self-care for me is watching sports. Absolutely same. Yes. I don't know what it is. What does that do for you? I don't know if it just releases happy hormones in my body. I don't know what it is about watching sports, specifically basketball. Yeah. I grew up watching basketball with my family. We're huge Lakers fans. We've discussed this on the show before. But it's truly such a relaxing thing for me to do. And it has been since I was a kid, since I was a baby. You're a big sports sports person. Uh-huh. Starting at 6, the 1996 World Series, Derek Jeter and Co. won. And uh, yeah, I've been, yeah, we know. <laughs> We've discussed. Um, I, I only bring it up because it reminded me of ESPN, and that's something I do in my spare time. Oh, uh, well, sports. ESPN is probably the channel most on in this home. Followed closely by HGTV, but that's just for me. You haven't been watching as much HGTV since quarantine is because I'm home all the time. Yeah. Sometimes I would come home from work and it's on. Yes. <laughs> I don't do that as much anymore. Do you miss it? We can watch it. I like some of the shows on there. No, I miss sports. I know. Me too. I'm sad. I obviously understand why it is postponed for now, oh, but I miss reason. it. Yeah. Yeah. I miss it, miss it for sure. Anyway. Well, <laughs> but what does that do self-care-wise for us? I mean, it is motivating. It's very motivating and inspiring. It, again, is just a, it's just a very relaxing thing for me to do. It's such a weird, I shouldn't say weird, but it's, it's a very me time kind of thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's just something I like to do to take my mind off of work. And I found you. <laughs> and I get to spend the rest of my life with you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, is this is this a rare thing? Is this a rarity? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man. I think I'm very fortunate that you love sports as much as you do. So much. It works out very well for me. It really does. What else is a part of your self care regimen? There's the stereotypical face mask and nose pore strip cleanser thing that you put on. When I think of self care, that's like one of the first images that pop into my head. Mm. Is like. Anne Hathaway in The Princess Diaries with the pore strip on her nose or when Paolo is a... Go ahead. Go ahead. Everyone's with you. It's fine. <laughs> when Paolo's giving her the makeover and he puts uh-huh. a face mask on her. Don't look at me like no, this. No, all our listeners have heard and seen <laughs> Princess Diaries. 
heard and seen. Both. <laughs> oh, good. They both watched so they've watched the movie. <laughs> they have. With sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's like what I think of when self-care is first mentioned. Diving deeper, though, we both of us do this. We do yoga. It's a big part of our self-care. That's the first image that comes to my mind when people say self-care. Yeah. Yoga and meditation. Yeah. There's almost too much to say about yoga. Yeah. Absolutely. It's been very important to you. Mm-hmm. Yoga has been very important to you. Yeah. I can definitely... I think both of us can tell when you haven't done yoga for a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when I have, it's a, definitely a difference. Totally. Yeah. Totally. We did yoga... Oh, Cleo, your, I guess, would you call her your yoga mentor? I would because she, along with Brent, led my 200-hour teacher training program that I did. But also on top of that, Cleo was the first yoga class I really took. And then I started going on a consistent basis. She had a Saturday morning and that was like a beginner class. And then I graduated to the Tuesday, Thursday, one o'clock. And I practiced with her for about three years before I got into the teacher training. I took her class for the first time just a couple weeks ago through the magic of Zoom. She held just a really simple class. You've been talking about her forever. I've met her once. She was so lovely when I met her. And I don't know what I was expecting. We've been to a few yoga classes together. And it was very frustrating because I think both of us use yoga as a way to meditate and a way to relax. And the yoga classes that we've been to recently were very fitness-oriented, which is fine, but I think we use yoga in a little bit of a different way. And you've been talking about Cleo's class forever, and we saw on Instagram that she was going to do a Zoom class, and that ended up being my first class with her, and it was awesome. She is so good. I don't know. That hour flew by. I could have done another hour easily. Mm-hmm. It was just so great. And you've also taught me yoga in our home. We just set up our mats downstairs. We light some candles. And you've led me through some great yoga classes. And your style of teaching is very similar to Cleo's, I think. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Of course. Well, that's a huge compliment. (laughs) Uh, One of the things I love about the way Cleo teaches is... She will drop this piece of thousands of years old knowledge and wisdom that could could just be the thing that you need to look at your life in a different way or zoom out enough to laugh at a problem that was so serious. And then she doesn't have any kind of ego about the fact that she's just dropped this incredible thing and she'll make a joke about it afterwards. She's mm-hmm. wise but lighthearted. She's absolutely. She definitely. I think she's really funny. She was hysterical. I I didn't I didn't count on her being so funny when we took the class. And That's surprising, right? Totally. And it was also really interesting because it was a ten a.m. class on a Sunday. On a Sunday, you don't like to be late for yoga. If you're even a couple minutes late, oh, you yeah. usually don't even enter the class in like in real life. Right. But we woke up at like. 9.53. Like, we had almost no time. I remember your mom saying she could hear the alarms go off on our, on our phones. She, had, like, heard one at 8 o'clock, heard one at 9 o'clock, one at 9.30, and when we didn't come out of our room, she was like, well, I guess we're not going to do yoga today. Oh, well. And 
we ended up waking up seven minutes before the class, rushed outside. I was expecting such a like physically difficult class, but she's the other reason I loved her was because I hate it when teachers make you feel dumb for not being able to do what they're asking of you in the class. And she gave so many varieties. She lit, she gave you like, this is the beginner way to do it. If you want to make it a little harder, this is what you do. If you can really, really do it, this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know. I, I loved it. And it was a lovely first Clio class to take. I can't wait to, when it's safe again, do it in real life. Yeah. And yeah, we use yoga. It's a huge part of our self-care. Me too. I want to talk more about yoga, but I want to ask you about a phrase I've just heard you say twice now, in real life. (laughs) As if this time in quarantine is not real life. It doesn't feel like real life. I know. It doesn't. What does it feel like? I don't know. It doesn't feel like a movie or anything. I've heard a couple of people say they're viewing this as like separate from... I think I keep saying in real life because we're really just in this home and we go out for our little neighborhood walks and then that's it. It feels like it's just us. It just feels like it's us and it, it, I, don't, I don't know if the outside world just feels like a movie, if it feels scary, if it feels like the apocalypse. I don't know what it feels like, but I guess in my brain, the the easiest way to cope with all of it is just to say that when it gets back to normal, it's real life. Yeah. This is, it feels like a pause in real life. It feels like a pause for sure. And our walks right now, we'll go outside for walks. That's the only time we see strangers. It is kind of surreal because it's this fascinating new behavior and social etiquette that's happening yes walking across the street when somebody is like on your side of the sidewalk trying to figure out how to stay six feet away from other people the fact that that is now polite (laughs) whereas it would have been horribly rude before of course i went to the market the other day wearing a ski mask a black ski mask (laughs) and i thought the only other scenario where i would bring this into the store would be to rob a store (laughs) And normally, the store owner would be very alarmed to see someone in such a ski mask, but it and right now, it would have been weirder if I didn't have one on. Totally. We've also, I think both of us have noticed that people are, at least on our neighborhood walks, people have been so kind. People talk to each other. I love that. It has been happening more. Usually, we'll go, and sometimes you get a wave, sometimes you get a hello, but the past few times we've gone, you know, you'll pass a house. And there, last time there was a couple of people sitting out on their lawn and six feet away from each other, of course. Uh-huh. They were like, yeah, you got to get out and walk every day, right? They were so cute. They were really sweet. It reminds me of Utah or uh, <laughs> Modesto, where my mom is from. <laughs> Just these other places I've been that are not Los Angeles, where yeah. people are a little more... A little more liberal with their hellos and their greetings. (laughs) People are real stingy generally here. Uh, I wonder if this will stick. I remember having to adjust when I came to school here. Because it was different than Orange County. LA is different than Orange County. So I had never lived in LA before. And I was a little too friendly for Los Angeles when I first got here. (laughs) To strangers. And I was a little too friendly for New York when I went to school. Were you? Man, I was. Yeah. I truly think if I hadn't lived in New York and learned how to like be a New Yorker, 
I don't think I would have survived as easily when I moved to LA because I lived in the Inland Empire for a long time. I moved out to LA five years ago, like officially moved out to LA five years ago. So I very much come from your wheelhouse of you say hello to people, you say good morning, you wave at them when they pass you. And I went to New York and it, I would do that to people and they would be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you just don't do that. There was one day I was on my way back to my dorm and somebody complimented my hair. And I was like, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you. Uh -huh. yeah. And they were like, where do you get it done? And I said, LA, I live in LA. And they were like, oh, there's a salon here. And they were trying to like get people's information. Yeah. And I got stuck on the corner for like 20 minutes. And I remember going back to my dorm room and my roommate being like, why did you do that? Why did you say anything? And I was like, but they were talking to me. Like, this is just what you do. You're just nice to people. You have to, you have to answer them. She was like, this is not what we do here. You look at the ground. You walk to where you need to go. And then you look back up. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. But it toughened me up. I didn't, I didn't know that in other places it was weirder to say hello than it was to just shut up and keep walking. The first homeless person who told me that they needed money for the bus... I gave them $10. I hope they were able to take the bus across the country because you did that. No, they were in the same spot for the next four years the entire time I was at school. They <laughs> just... No, Yeah, Mick. always there. Always stayed there. Constantly there. That was like their territory. Wow. Always trying to get on that bus. Did you ever give that... <laughs> did you ever give that homeless person more money? No. Wow. I learned. Quickly. quickly quickly good for you mm-hmm wow because their story didn't hold up for more than a one-time shot right it was a very urgent need to like go see their child and get on the bus and it was pretty compelling so there was one time I went to the grocery store here and I was on the phone with Peter there was a woman who said she was asking for money and my aunt always told me, you know, don't give them money, give them food. If Like, offer them food, and if they say yes, buy them food, because that's more valuable than just giving them money. And I, since I was at the grocery store, she's asked, she asked for money, and I said, I don't have any cash on me, but if you'd like me to buy you a meal from the grocery store, I can. And she was like, oh, that'd be amazing. And she gave me this, like, long list of groceries, like such a long list of groceries and I typed it all on my phone she was like I'm so sorry I have kids and I was like oh okay and I'm talking like frozen like chicken breasts like stuff to make soups like stuff to make a substantial meal and I was like man all right well she has kids this holds up so I'm still like talking to Peter as I'm going around the store so he hears all this happening I grab my groceries grab the woman's groceries ask for it in separate bags I walked back out. I gave the groceries to the woman and she starts looking through the bags and she's looking and she's like, you didn't get the right kind of chicken breasts. And I was like, what? And Peter was like, I'm sorry. Did this woman just say to you? So I have him in one ear and her being like, oh, these aren't the wrong, these aren't, this isn't the right kind of cheese. I didn't want this cheese. And she's complaining about the groceries I got her. She's like, can you just go back in? And like, it's just the, it's the other kind. It's not this kind. On a bunch of different things. 
And I was like, I'm so sorry. I have to go. This is just going to have to do. Have a great day. I hope, you know, I hope you can make something with this. And she starts, like, she's complaining as I'm walking away. And a couple weeks later, I go back to the grocery store. She's still there. This time, I'm passing her. And I've, at this point, been like, oh, I'm not talking to you anymore because you, I've been taken advantage of. So, no more. Mm -hmm. I'm walking past her. She doesn't say anything to me, but there's another guy. And she's like, excuse me, sir, I'm a psychic. Would you like your palm read? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she she was there for years. Oh, my God. Every time I'd pass her, I would, like, it was this understood thing that we just would not speak to each other. And we didn't for the rest of the time we lived there. She got you. Why yeah. do you think she wanted you to return all of those groceries? The cash. Yeah, right? She said it was all wrong, so if you return it, you get cash? Was that it? I have a feeling if I would have, like, gotten a different whatever she wanted, like, a different food that she wanted, she eventually would have been like, can you just give me the cash and I'll do it? Uh-huh. Or she was hoping I left, like, the receipt in there. Yeah. So that she could go back and be like, I didn't need this, and then get the cash. I'm sorry you were taken advantage of. That's okay. I'm sorry you were taken advantage of. Thank you. I'm glad we both learned. We did. We're better for it. <laughs> what else makes you better? Makes me better? Besides yoga. Oh, is there anything else you wanted to touch on with yoga? Yes, but it would be too much. I think I want to do a full episode about yoga. Okay, stay tuned then. Nice. We could totally do a whole episode about yoga. I might try to bring in a special guest. Whoa. So we'll do this episode about yoga a few months from now. In a few months. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, I mean, wow, besides yoga, journaling has really helped a lot. I started writing in a journal when I was 11, when I started um, my tour for The Lion King. And it started as a way to... I read in a book somewhere that this woman wrote in her journals and she did it because she wanted her kids to eventually find the journals and learn about her life that way. And when I left for Lion King, my sixth grade teacher gave me a journal and I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to do what that woman said in the book. And I started writing just as like a, all right, my kids are going to know that like when I got to San Francisco on my first day of the Lion King, <laughs> this is what I did. But it became very therapeutic. I mean, we touched on this in a previous episode, I was really lonely growing up. I didn't have a lot of friends. So writing was a was a way for me to like voice my feelings because I didn't grow up around other kids. I didn't have a lot of friends. So journaling is is that I've been doing that for a really long time. A little bit less now, but I still write when I can. It helps me too. Yeah. It's nice to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So but I do wanna try to keep this in the scope of for actors. Mm -hmm. So certain things that might come up frequently for actors, how will, to deal with that. Before we go on, I yeah. will say journaling was a way for me because when I am on a set or when I'm working or auditioning a ton, I'm such a, um, I'm such a people pleaser. Oh. I'm such a yes girl when I'm working. So I don't have a lot of time to process the things that people are doing or things that people are saying to me. It could be offensive and it just like goes right over me because I'm like, got to be professional, got to get my job done, got to work. It's going to be fine. And journaling is definitely a way for me to process all of that 
later because there's so many things that happen to you when you go to an audition, when you're on a set, when you're in a network testing, when you're at an event or whatever it is. It's so hard to process in the moment because you're just trying to be professional and just trying to get your job done. So journaling was a way for me to process it and figure all of that out after the fact. That's smart. Yeah, definitely makes sense. There is so much happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go on. So what about when there's nothing happening? I think that is where actors need the most self-care. When they're in the in-between. Who said lean into the... Lean into the... Natalie. Natalie, what did she say? Lean into the pause. Lean into the pause. Good, really good. So, what she, <laughs> what self care things, or not even that, but just when no external validation is coming in, what internal things can be done to hold up self esteem, self worth, and motivation to continue? You know, this I have my two Bible books that I love so much that keep me going when things are kind of slow for me. You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero and An Actor's Life by Jenna Fisher. You Are a Badass makes me feel pretty invincible and An Actor's Life makes me feel very much less alone because we've kind of talked about this before. It feels a lot of the time like we're the only ones going through this, but all the actors are going through the same thing. All artists are really going through the same thing. Mismo. There's that third Mismo from the uh, episode where he said that there was going to be a third one and there wasn't a third one. <laughs> um, <laughs> key to comedy is timing, everyone. So, 20-something minutes into uh, the, the following next episode. episode. Hopefully people are binging this. God, I hope so. <laughs> another thing that I do at least it's a relaxation one but it's also a study one for me and you know I do this I watch as many movies as I can yeah we've been doing that it's been wonderful it's been wonderful it keeps me it keeps me motivated because especially if I love the movie I'm like oh man like this is why this is why I love my job because you get to make things like this well and especially we've been studying it lately because we'll break down mm -hmm. if there are movies we've seen especially mm -hmm. before we'll break it down in terms of save the cat totally which is a fun little exercise to do totally we did it with the gladiator the other night which we, you had not seen we did it with crazy stupid love that which, was harder yes it was so hard because there's so many storylines in that one that all kind of come together later on gladiator is like a perfectly structured hero's journey. So, yeah. and like, just very clear. Yeah, totally. Yeah, watching movies for me has always been such a self-care thing for me for a really long time. And I feel like it's so silly to say because anybody, some people who aren't in the business at least, I feel like hear me say that and they're like, well, look at how easy your job is. You just get to sit and watch movies all the time. It's a cool part of my job that I get to watch movies. But it's... Truly, part of the reason I do it is to keep myself inspired and motivated. That started as homework for me when I was in Quiz Bowl in high school. I used to watch TV, and 
there would be a lot of pop culture and sports questions in mm-hmm. Quiz Bowl, and I was, so you're on a team of four, right? And my specialties were math, history, and sports pop culture. So me watching Friends mm-hmm. in high school was homework. Yeah. That's amazing. That's the best homework. There was a question that came up that was about 24. There was another one that came up that was about Jack Johnson's album, Sleep Through the Static. These things are essential. Two things you love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay, so watching watching TVs, watching movies. And I, I think also not, not doing nothing. Does that make sense? I feel like... When I'm in those in-betweens, when I'm in that pause, if I sit and wait, if I'm constantly looking at my phone to see if I have an audition or if I have a job, if I sit here and mindlessly play games on my phone and watch TV, it's terrible for my mind because I sit and I spiral. Mm -hmm. Can I make one tweak to what you said? Mm -hmm. You said not doing nothing. I would say only do nothing intentionally mm-hmm. so not nothing all day long mm-hmm. but actually I think it's great to do nothing for a small chunk of the day or like on a Sunday don't look at your phone don't totally. do, reserve that day yeah you're right because I will say we've had some really great ideas doing that when we're doing nothing well just like Winnie the Pooh says to Christopher Robin sometimes the best of something happens when you're doing nothing right I'm paraphrasing but it's basically that you just made your mom so proud. I'm going to get such a good phone call tonight after she hears this episode. I actually think we're going to be w- with your parents when, when this, comes, this out. comes out. So Yeah. She'll be thrilled. <laughs> we've been making more references to people in our lives in the time that we've been doing just these solo episodes. Mm-hmm. We miss you people. We miss people. We really do. <laughs> Can't wait to have some guests back in here. I know. I think that's right. Intentionally doing nothing. Yes. I guess my point for that was just not letting yourself spiral and fester. Well, because I will beat myself up when I'm doing nothing if it doesn't seem intentional to me. Mm -hmm. And that defeats the whole purpose of doing nothing. (laughs) Do nothing to allow yourself to relax, to drop into your parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, meaning come out of your fight-or-flight response mode and just exist and be and and be with yourself for a little while. A lot of times the best creative ideas come when you are in that parasympathetic state of mind. Totally. Just a little teaser to our yoga episode. Stanislavski did a lot of studying about yoga. One of my professors, Sharon Marie Carnegie, wrote a book called Stanislavski in Focus, and there's at least one entire chapter in there dedicated to Stanislavski's research on yoga. Spark Notes version, the benefits of yoga help you come to a neutral place. So you're not putting all these affectations, both in terms of your posture and your physicality, but also in terms of your mind. It's, it, it helps reduce some of the neural pathways in your mind that you might pour onto a character that don't belong there. So anyway... To, to be continued. But, <laughs> but, yeah, it is important to allow yourself to get there. Mm-hmm. You can't get there if you're doing nothing while thinking about all of the different things that you should be doing. Yes. My most successful times of doing nothing is usually after I've 
knocked out my checklist for the day mm-hmm. of tasks I want to complete. Mm-hmm. And then if I do yoga in the evening, or even if I just, you know, we're playing Ticket to Ride, we play a game, mm-hmm. or we have dinner together after I feel like I've accomplished the things I want to for the day, then I can really settle into the nothing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's some, that's some self-care. That's some self-care. You, last week, worked... Oh my gosh, Mick, you worked so hard. You would train people in the morning. You were on calls all day long for like a week, for six or seven days in a row. Uh And you woke up on Sunday morning and we were supposed to, you know, record podcast episodes. We were supposed to do a ton of stuff. Oh, right. And you were just, you were burned out. Yes. And I was like, let's have a, let's have a nothing day. I'm shockingly busy during quarantine. I know. I feel like we've never been busier, Far too which busy. is amazing. Please, like more, more, more. But it, you were just, you were so tired and, you know, we kind of just said, screw it. Let's just have a nothing day. Yeah, we ended up doing a good amount of nothing, but then we also ended up doing some good wedding planning that day. Yeah, and it was fun. I just sat on the rooftop. It was nice. It was so fun, but I think it was something we both needed. We needed that intentional day of doing nothing. Yes. Because we were exhausted. Mm-hmm. That was the day I didn't look at my phone until like 6 p.m. or mm-hmm. something. And you only looked at it for half an hour. Yeah. I'm going to do that again. It's the best. <laughs> I know. It's the best. I usually, I'll do it on the weekends a lot. I turn off my phone when I go to bed. At night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you don't need an alarm the next day. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I will leave it off for as long as I can the next morning. Like, until I actually need it. Like, if I need to check an email or if I need to make a phone call, that's when I turn it back on. And I've gone, you know, I've gone a good amount of time not having to turn it on, which has been really, which is, it's very nice. It is. I think another self-care thing I do is one that I've had to kind of learn. I didn't really think it was necessary to have people around you to talk to. I didn't think it was necessary. I didn't really think it was helpful, essential. But truly, I mean, even just having you, somebody to to talk to who understands the the business, essentially what I'm saying is like, they always say, find your tribe. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how important that was until a few years ago. Because I went a long time without a solid, solid tribe. And five years ago, I finally was like, Oh, this is why you need a tribe. It helps your brain. <laughs> I'm so grateful to be quarantined with you. Me too. For the people going through this alone right now, they, I mean, I'm just guessing because truly I have been so lucky to be with you. I haven't really been alone at all throughout this experience. But I would imagine they're going to FaceTime and things like that. And I'm seeing a lot of Zoom hangouts and things like that. But there is something that the screen cannot give you in the same way being in the same room as another human being. Mm-hmm. It's a different transfer of energy. Absolutely. I didn't think it was something I needed for a long time. And then having other people to talk to about auditions or... Just to vent to each just other. Just to vent. And it's not... We've talked about this in some episodes before. Not to complain. We're not trying to complain, but... It can feel very lonely, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are afraid to say something because it sounds to others like we are complaining. 
if you're especially if you're not in this business, it sounds like we hate what we're doing. And that's not the case at all. Sometimes you just need to like talk it out. You just need to <laughs> just air it out. That's all you need to do. And it's been really important for me to be able to do that. And I'm I'm really lucky I get to live with you because you get a majority of that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's great for me because I, I sometimes have a hard time remembering that I'm good at this because especially if I've gone a long time without external validation. So it's hard for me to always remember I'm doing the right thing. But it's never difficult for me to remember and be confident that you're doing the right thing. And it's not difficult for me to remember that about you either. So that's really interesting because yeah. I think you're so talented. And it sounds ridiculous to me when you have had a tough month with acting or something unfair happened or some kind of rejection, any of these types of things. And we can talk about it. And I know that you're amazing. And I'll listen to everything you're saying, which is a lot of times, you know, you'll even lose, you'll even think for a day that you're not good at this. And I know oh, you're Oh, there's amazing. so many days I think I'm not good at this. Uh-huh. And then there are days that you think you're not good at it either, and we just have to remind each other. Yeah. We're very hard on ourselves. We were just talking about this last night. Very hard on ourselves. How do you loosen up about being so hard on yourself? I don't know. It's hard because I like some of that aspect of myself because it keeps me motivated and it keeps me striving to do better than my last project, better than, you know, just better than I've done before. But at the same time, how do you, how do you temper that? How do you <laughs> make it so that it doesn't drive you nuts? Yeah. How do you take care of yourself? Oh, me smell. <laughs> 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 what about you? I feel like I've talked so much about my self-care, but what, are there any things that... Yeah, it to? starts for me a lot of the times physically. Mm -hmm. If I feel good about what I'm doing physically, it's easier for me to feel good about everything else that I'm doing. You can tell a difference if I've worked out that morning or if I haven't. I mean, I come home and you can... In addition to the fact that, like, my shirt is sweaty, like, <laughs> just in terms of my energy, you can tell if I've worked out or not. Yoga, same thing. We talked about that. But I think that's an absolutely essential part of self-care. Obviously, it's, you know, I'm around that. I've I've been in that for <laughs> years now. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's so many podcasts that, that do that. I don't want to spend the next hour and a half talking about fitness but I think it's just it's inseparable mm -hmm. your physical state of being and your self-care totally I will say I have thought about sometimes I think about like my journey with yoga throughout the course of my life because it's a physical practice the asana but that's only part of the equation could I stay mindful stay continue to practice yoga if my ability to do the postures was taken away from me if I was bedridden or something mm -hmm. or you know I don't know interesting I went to go visit a professor of mine who is in his 80s in a retirement home having a really hard time 
He is in a beautiful facility normally, but he had a hip replacement and he was sent to physical therapy center. He despises. <laughs> he loves young people. He was a professor. He likes the energy that you get from being around the students. And so, but he's not physically able to teach anymore. He retired a couple years ago. So I, I went to go see him and I told him, you know, we always go out to lunch, but I said, I know, you know, it's hard to move right now. You're in a wheelchair. We can just stay there. Let's just stay where you are. I show up and he immediately says, let's go to sushi. <laughs> so I go check him out. The nurse kind of stares at me and is like, you're taking him? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. He has not left in six weeks. I later found out. Oof. I was the first person taking him out of the building, and I'm not really qualified to do that. <laughs> but he was—he had a lot of conviction when he said, "Let's I was go to say, Sushi." He's very convincing. Absolutely. <laughs> I sign him out. I sign my name that I've got him. <laughs> I'll take care of whatever happens. <laughs> and he said sushi was next door. Of course, it's not. It's like around the corner and three doors down and I have to wheel him over this very bumpy sidewalk so we get to sushi we sit down we start gossiping as we always do and he orders like a tempura something and everything's fine he's you know the, the restaurant was very good they got us a wheelchair accessible table he's okay everything's fine and then he starts struggling with his food and uh I get a little worried and I ask if he's okay if we need to go anywhere if I need to call somebody he says no he wants to finish but then it gets it starts looking a little bit worse he just kind of pauses and freezes on me so I get the check I like wave the waiter down we've had three bites of our food <laughs> and I, I pay so that we can leave in a hurry if we have to mm-hmm. and he just says to me, I might fade out on you. Mm-mm. So I pay. I've paid already. I say, okay, we're going back. I've like assessed the situation. <laughs> Should I run and get one of his caretakers? Should I call 911? No, I'm just going to have to take him back. He's, he's okay. I get him back in there. And he was safe. But just being around him made me think of, to bring it back to self-care, thinking about our life. You know, what is it that the actor needs to get out of their life so that in the later years they can be at peace with the work that they've done, with the way that they treated themselves throughout the journey, with the ups and the downs of it? Because I thought it was legacy. What's in a legacy? (laughs) Planting seeds in a garden, you'll never see Anyway, <laughs> you know, but the people who have legacies say over and over, it's not that. What should we be doing now so that when we're in our old age, we feel at peace? I don't know. It feels like this question is connected to what is your definition of success for yourself? Hmm. Because if your definition of success is getting up in the morning and having a nice day and then going back to bed, then that's one thing. If your definition of success is having three EGOTs, 
and you don't get there, you're going to be mad at yourself for not getting there. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's a little bit related to that. And I also think it's just, this is so cliche, I feel like, but it's just being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. For as hard as we are on ourselves, I think we are still very kind to ourselves. Yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? Like even that example earlier, you know, we had a really long week. You had a really long week. It takes us a minute to get to the, oh, maybe we should take a pause. But we always take the pause. Mm -hmm. There's never been, at least in our relationship, there's never been a time where we've kind of pushed that exhaustion to the point of no return, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I think we're still pretty kind to ourselves. And I think that's, I would think, at least for myself, looking back when I get older, I'd want to see that I worked really, really hard at my job and I was successful in my job. But I would also want to see that I was kind to myself and that, you know, my younger self knew that missing an audition or like not getting this one job isn't the end of the world. Like the world goes on. What are some of the fun things you do for self-care? Play guitar. Wow. Yeah. And you're really good. Stop. You are. <laughs> it's you. not easy to... <laughs> I mean, anyone can do the chords, you know? Mm -hmm. But to... You like to do the cool riffs and stuff. And that's really tough. You're really good at that. Well, thanks. I just like it. It's relaxing for me. Hmm. Because I think it's just like anything else. It just is, it's hard to think about much else when you're playing guitar. Mm -hmm. If you're in a casual workout, your mind can be all over the place. But we'll say this about that. I've had a lot of clients who, <laughs> I had one client in particular who would get on the stationary bike before a workout and read articles the whole time and answered emails. So he would only get on the bike with that you know time of of being productive in mm -hmm. another way mm -hmm. constantly productive uh, that can be good but you've got to program in some time to do some nothing mm. so exercise you know oh, that's a really interesting thing how much of your time do you spend exercising and allowing it to be the soul thing that you're doing mm -hmm. when I'm at my best I'm exercising six days a week sometimes twice in a day mm -hmm. but that does take a, a lot of my time yeah when I'm doing that yeah it allows me to be more productive in some ways but in others it's taking up a lot of my energy really interesting balance mm -hmm. and I've watched so many different people try to balance it and I think one of the best pieces of self-care that you can do for yourself, and this is what I do for a lot of my clients really, is give yourself a good plan. So take the time to figure out what your next several months are going to look like. Mm -hmm. And that starts in regards to fitness, for me at least. On the whatever current program I'm on, is it a three-day a week of lifting, four-day a week, and then how many yoga classes weekly or now I like to I prefer looking at it in a monthly scope mm -hmm. because I find that's a little more flexible and a little easier to stick to so give yourself that and mm -hmm. it takes it's kind of fun to do because mm -hmm. you're kind of zooming out and looking at your life I mean you know we've talked about I love planning but mm -hmm. I don't know do you ever do that for yourself do you ever like 
does it, for me, if I know I'm just, I've set a good plan and I'm just executing it, I can carry on and like get, you know, go through, go through the mud or go through whatever I have to do if I believe in the plan. Mm. And it's just very reassuring to have something like that. Of course, it's difficult for actors to plan a lot of parts of our career, but that's why I think it's especially important to plan the parts of our life that we can plan. What do you think? I agree. I think I used to plan a lot more years ago. Mm. <laughs> and then, like you're saying, being an actor, it's really hard to plan. So I feel like I always have kind of a loose plan, and I just have to be open to change. I remember there was one month, that's four weeks, where I was doing three different shows. And I think that's the last time I gave myself like a strict plan. Because you were so busy, you needed to map yes. out your days like that. That was my self-care, was that I knew I wasn't going to have time to see a lot of people. Uh-huh. I knew I wasn't going to have time to have a lot of fun. My fun was my job that month. And... I was doing, I believe it was, yeah, it was all stage shows. And it was varying degrees of either rehearsals or shows. But I had at least one of those every single day, if not two sometimes. And my self-care was literally sitting down a couple weeks before that happened and just (laughs) writing down timelines and blocks of time where I knew I, I could take a break. I was very adamant in writing down when I would eat because that was a big one for me. You know this. I forget to eat, especially if I'm like in the throes of working. I will have a handful of chips and call it a day. I love you. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) We are not me smelling that way because you will, you have a meal, but Mm -hmm. I'm cool to survive on a bag of chips and some water. And I remember that... It makes no sense. (laughs) I remember that month sitting there and being like, I have to plan out when my meals are going to happen. Because if I do that too many days in a row, I'm going to pass out. That's so fascinating that you don't plan meals on a regular basis. I don't. In the last... Since I graduated college, I would have to guess 75% of my meals have been planned. That's correct. Like I knew either at least 12 hours before what I was going to eat. At least 12 hours. <laughs> I will say I plan my meals a lot more now that I've been with you for the past couple of years because you are not like me in that you can have a couple of pistachios and be good for the day. I no. eat like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> A couple of pistachios. Yeah. There are times, there were days that I didn't eat until like dinner because I was just so busy. I would just survive on coffee and like gum. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't healthy, which I knew in that month. I was like, I have to at least plan lunch. I'm not a big breakfast person. I've never been a big breakfast person. So I knew that like lunch would be the first meal of the day for me most of the time. Mm -hmm. God, I love lunch. What's your favorite meal? My favorite meal? Mm-hmm. Huh. Probably lunch. Lunch is great. Mm, I take that back. Can I, can I revise my answer? You may rescind. Thank you. Go ahead. 
brunch. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I love a good brunch. Okay, but we don't have brunch very often. We don't have brunch very often, but when we do have brunch... Wow. Okay. Okay. Good. I love... I, you know, I like that mix of, like, a semblance of a, of a, like, a lunch meal, mm. but with, like, eggs and hash browns. Mm-mm. You feel me? Oh, I love a brunch. Yeah. Yeah. Though I am loyal to dinner. Dinner is my favorite meal of the day. That doesn't surprise me at all. Dinner is an event. <laughs> dinner is a date. Dinner is part of our wedding planning. A big part oh of our wedding God. planning. Oh, God. <laughs> it is. One of, one of the, the biggest decisions to make. I know. You're... Mom and I talked about appetizers and it was like a two second conversation and we still haven't made decisions about the dinner because it's just such a big decision. I mean, I'd like to weigh in on the appetizers at some point, please, (laughs) if I may. Meatballs and prosciutto wrapped melon. Okay. How's that? We'll talk about it. (laughs) We'll talk. I mean, the prosciutto wrap melon, that's mine. That's the, that's my, uh, if I'm going to a dinner party, that's the thing that I bring. So please, you know, invite me to a potluck. I'm an excellent guest. (laughs) (laughs) It's the reason I talked about it. I think your mom was the one who said meatballs. She's like, Mick likes meatballs. And I was like, yeah, I said, well, the, when we met and the first time we ever went somewhere together, which I think was one of your clients, white elephant parties. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's the first, like, yeah. formal party that we'd gone yeah. to together. Yeah, right, right, right. You took me to your kitchen, and you were like, here's the prosciutto, here's the melon, you wrap it. And I was like, what? You didn't get it. What does this mean? <laughs> and now, when we get it, for guests, you have to buy a whole extra thing of it, because I eat so much of it. Ah, uh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> but that's why I was like, we should have it at the wedding, because that's a very us meal. Mm-hmm. I bet people who have been to our house for dinner... If they come to the wedding and see that, they'll be like, oh, yep, that's them. Okay, let's talk a little bit about nutrition in a self-care kind of a way, because now we are talking all about okay. food. So, as somebody who often makes official nutritional recommendations to people, I am certified through Precision Nutrition to do that, but, I, you know, I also like to eat the foods that I like. Yes. And... I think I'm around some people who are in magnificent physical shape at the gym. Some of the trainers, it's their whole life, and it's so impressive. And I've seen what it takes to be, like, competition ready, like, physique competition ready. And I've never gone that hard with it because I enjoy the working out. I'll work out that much, but to do that much working out, and be that diligent about your nutrition at the same time, I don't know where I would get the motivation to do that outside (laughs) of being cast as a hero in a Marvel film. (laughs) That's fair. It seems miserable. Yeah. I've come close to it. I've tried, like, eating extremely clean, and it can be tough. So because of that, because of my own personal experience with it, and none of my clients are professional athletes and none of them are cast as heroes in <laughs> Marvel films. Right. I want them to eat healthy, but I also want them to enjoy life. I think fitness should be part of 
the bigger picture of Mm -hmm. self-care. And so I'll listen to what people eat and I'll ask them what their favorite foods are. Um, And if they say chocolate, my first recommendation isn't going to be, okay, no more chocolate for you. I'll find other areas like maybe they're lacking in veggies and I'll recommend, I'll ask them what, what veggies they enjoy or different ways of preparing veggies that they, you know, if there's somebody who doesn't like eating vegetables, how they can incorporate some greens in their diet in the most enjoyable way possible. Now you, as you just mentioned, can get through a day on a few pistachios or some chips and a cup of coffee. (laughs) So... I wish you guys could see his face when he says this, because it's it's almost like I'm hurting him. Uh, <laughs> I'll be coaching the children on their nutrition. Absolutely. Let's just say that. That's been decided. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just because I forget. It's not because I'm like, I'm going to be unhealthy and not eat anything. I just get so focused on my work that... Like, nothing else matters, essentially. And that's common. I've seen that yeah. in, you know, extremely busy people. Yeah. And that month where you were in three shows and incredibly busy, and you said you started planning out some of your meals. Yes. And that was to make sure you didn't crash and you mm-hmm. stayed somewhat healthy and, and maintained an energy level to be able to perform a lot of, your um, job well. There's was a lot of fried rice Okay. in my fridge a lot of chicken breasts in my fridge okay a lot of either steamed broccoli or like brussels sprouts that you could just heat up in the fridge or stick in the oven just yeah quick things but yeah i made yeah. a point to do that i also should say since i've known you my nutrition has been worlds better are you kidding me thank oh you. he's bashful thank okay you. thank you my, my nutrition has been so much better because just in case anybody thinks he's BSing all of you, he's not. Chocolate is my favorite thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And you've never once been like, you should really stop eating chocolate. When we're on the couch at night watching a movie, <laughs> it gets to be, <laughs> you know, act two, we're coming into act three of the movie, and I know you're going to want your ice cream bar. <laughs> And now I'll offer to go up and get it for you. <laughs> yes, you know. But that's like, my, it's like my sweet for the day. Yeah, but then simultaneously, you know, you made roasted veggies the other night with garbanzo beans. Yeah, that's that exactly what I was going to say. We're so good about making sure that the rest of the day is really healthy. Or like if we've had really greasy burgers for lunch, we're not going to do that for dinner too. Mm-hmm. You, you remember know? the first meal I cooked for you? Salmon and broccoli. And you loved it. Oh my gosh, salmon and broccoli is one of my favorite things, and it you killed that meal. It was so good, and we ate it on the balcony of your place in West Hollywood. Yeah, awesome. we went to a show together. <laughs> oh man, oh, gross. Gotta, Brian Carpenter, sorry. Reel it in, <laughs> Jesus. We can wrap up soon, so we can. <laughs> yeah. All that to say, you, my nutrition has gotten so much better, and I feel a lot better because you have helped just make sure that I'm eating at normal hours of the day and I'm actually eating a meal and not just throwing chips down. Thank you. 
You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Are you kidding me? My body is finally like, oh, good. <laughs> Vitamins. Thank you. You've worked out with me a few times now, and you're very good at yoga also. Thank you. Yeah. I was very scared to take yoga with you for a very long time. I don't understand why. You're very good. You're very good at yoga. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. I <laughs> told one of our friends who Mick <laughs> met in yoga class that, like, very early on in our relationship, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to take a class with him. She was like, you should. I was like, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's not going to happen. And she's taken a million yoga classes with you. Yeah. And she's like, it's really daunting when he's, you know, he's in a full headstand next to you. And you're just like, well, that's nice. <laughs> and she told me that. And I was like, yeah, I'm never taking a class with him. But it doesn't matter. That's so not the point yes, of I know. yoga. But, I know. But okay. But I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> you're very good at it. It's just the physical part of it again. Yeah. That's the, that, that's the funny thing for me about yoga. And we'll, you know, again, we'll talk more about this on another episode. <laughs> but it really, being good at yoga is a really interesting concept to me because I don't think that should just be judged based on what impressive poses you can do right. and hold. And I didn't understand that until... Probably until you were almost done with teacher training, mm -hmm. I feel like. Because, I guess, because we live in L.A., I don't know, because it's so westernized, I, what was important to me was the poses. I also did it, I mean, I started yoga because of my scoliosis, and it was a way to help my back, so it was very physical for me. But when you taught me that it wasn't about that, it was about the other aspects, the more important aspects of it, it made more sense to me. I love doing yoga with you. It's great. Light the candles. I burned some sage beforehand and some Palo Santo. I have our diffuser on. I put my doTERRA oils in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's nice. nice. Yeah, it is it is nice to... We set the house really nice. We've got a, a couple little things on our on our mantle we put up. Mm -hmm. A diffuser, a candle, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite doTERRA oil I've burned so far? Or I've diffused, I mean. Well, I keep hope in my car. The, the roll on little um what do you call those the roller the roller balls roller balls yeah you know especially if i'm like about to go into an audition or something i rub a little on the back of my neck and on my wrist rub my wrist together mm -hmm. and but yeah it's it's like kind of a citrusy blend what is it's hope? a citrusy but it's also i don't know to me at least it's very woodsy mm -hmm. and that's the kind of scent that i like so, I love it. It's become kind of our scent. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just have a ton of doTERRA oils downstairs that, depending on depending on what we need for the day, I'd say that's another form of self-care. I literally will wake up in the morning, I'll make some coffee, and then I go over to the diffuser. I'm like, what do we need today? Do we need to relax today? Do we need to be motivated today? You put in motivate the other day. That was nice. That was awesome. Yeah. We got so much done. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing wild citrus and peppermint, is it? I heard it was a good way to like wake you up. Yeah. So I do that. If we get up a little earlier in the morning, I'll do that. Yeah, and it really did. Mm -hmm. For yoga, though, I'll usually do either lavender just so it's, it's like nice. It's usually lavender and, and something. 
I've done lavender and a little bit of citrus, just so that's a cute little blend. And then I've also done breathe. I did breathe a lot when we were sick in January. Yes, you did. And that helped a ton. So I like the mood that we set in here during yoga. And I love doing yoga with you. I'm glad I got over myself and did yoga with you. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So self-care is. Self-care is essential. That's really funny. What were you going to say? That is a word that I thought of. If you say the word, the, the other word I was thinking of, I'll lose it. What, what are you going to say? A gift. Mm. It's a gift you can give yourself. That's beautiful.